What's happening, friends? Welcome to Wednesday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. A little later, Mariah Carey will be on the show, which is crazy. We've never had Mariah Carey on this show before. So we'll talk about All I Want for Christmas is You with Mariah Carey. But I do want to talk about for a second, you know, a lot of people think that I've made a whole bunch of money off Sonic from me being on Instagram, me talking about it on the show, Sonic being at our wedding. And sometimes clients will come in and go, hey, how do we get you to do what you do for Sonic? I'll tell you this, I never made a dime off of Sonic. They haven't paid me to do any sort of Instagram posts. They haven't paid me to, they didn't pay us to be at our wedding. They came and did that for free because we just love Sonic. And when Kayla and I got married, when you left to leave the wedding before like our, our grand goodbye, there was a small Sonic that was built there and it was amazing. That was so cool. So, but people will go, hey, what's up with Sonic? Like how long you been doing business? Zero days have I done any business with Sonic. And forever I've been like, Sonic, what's up? Let's do some business together. Like I'm your biggest fan. Well, I have a big announcement working on this for a while. To me, it's a very personal thing because we are now partnering with Sonic. They will be our official studio sponsor next year. Hey! I'm super pumped about that. Ooh, and so to celebrate, fun. we are bringing in the giant 444-ounce Sonic cup. Oh, my gosh. There we go. <laughs> there it is. Oh. Holy crap, that's huge. Dude, Lay it right wait. there. And What's... inside of this is cherry lime. <laughs> if you spill that on this, <laughs> we are we're going to go off the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is filled with cherry limeade. This is a humongous Sonic cup. What? Oh, my goodness. That's huge. That's so much bigger than I thought. Can you drink out of the top of that, Scuba, or is there a fountain? There's like a little spigot over here. Right in oh, front of you, Bones. spigot. You can put your mouth under it or whatever you want to do it. Do we have, and we have cups. cups. We got some right here. Okay, so to me, this is a very personal thing because obviously I love Sonic. Sonic. Thank you. They were started where Caitlin's from, and she loves Sonic more than anybody I know. And so the fact that we're able to team up with them and they're going to be our studio sponsor next year, we are super pumped. Oh, my kids are going to be super pumped. <laughs> so 444 ounces. Can you could you drink this in a day for 500 no. bucks? For 500? Think about that. Yes. Because Cause, I mean, a Route 44, that's 10 Route 40. Oh, my yeah, that's goodness. Only, I mean, that's only one every couple hours, dude. Yeah, you could probably do that. But I, <laughs> I, I retract that off. I can do that. All right, this is a big day for us. In honor of the big day, we wanted to do something for you guys listening. You can use the promo code Bobby444 for a free Route 44 drink with a purchase in the app. So download the app. I use the app all the time. I use the app and get a Bobby water ready so I drive up and don't have to sound ridiculous ordering it. I'll take a water with fruit, nerds. So I order it on the app. Uh, the coupon code is redeemable to the first 444 listeners. So download the Sonic app, put it in there. The code is Bobby444. More info at sonicdrivein.com slash Bobby444. But we're super pumped. Sonic is now going to be the studio sponsor. And it is the most natural sponsorship we've ever had here on the show. And you know we really, you know, use what we talk about on the show anyway. So this has been true for the last couple of years. Let's open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby Bones. I'm a pandemic listener and I have a personal question for you guys. What does that mean, a pandemic listener? She started listening during the pandemic, maybe? That's it? Okay, mm-hmm. got it. I have this church buddy that I met when I started dating my wife eight years ago. I consider him my younger brother. He got married in June to this amazing girl. May of 2021, she was killed in a car accident. Two months ago, I noticed this new girl coming around to church. Turned out to be the niece of the youth minister. Come to find out, he's been talking to this girl and they're dating. She's very sweet and has helped him get through a lot of pain. Had lunch with him this week, and he's talking marriage. What do I do? His wife was a big part of our church group, 
and one of my wife's best friends. I want to be supportive, but I feel like he's rushing things. His response to my comment was, you never know how much time you have. Please help. Thanks. Signed, late for dinner. It's a heavy one. Go for it. You ready to go? Go ahead. I mean, it's a heavy one, but I'm, I would, I, I, my first question would be, why is this your problem? Mm-hmm. I agree. Because it's not. And that's something that's so hard to do, but I've been in a lot of therapy lately. And it's like, what's your lane? This is, what's your side of the street? What is it? Is this inside your hula hoop? I have every analogy that I could give you. And it's like, this is not your problem. I think you offer yourself in case there is a problem. Sure. You can say, I'm here for you no matter what. I want to support you. But also, if you do have an opinion and advice, you can ask him like, hey, I have some thoughts on this. Would you like to hear it? Because he may not want to hear it. And you need to give him that choice of whether or not he wants your input. I'm going to agree with you. Thank you. And just let you own this one because it's. And I would be there to support him through whatever decision he makes more than to try to nudge him to the direction that you think is best. Mm hmm. Because it ain't, it ain't your business. And it stinks because you are so close to other people. And it is it is in your life, but it's not in yours near as much as it is his. Right. Sometimes we can get too immersed in someone else's life and think that, you know, we can, our, what we're thinking is the best plan for them. But really, we have no idea. Unless you're wearing his britches, you don't know. Right. So it, it stinks. But yeah, you got to butt out a little bit. It's a loving butt out. Obviously, yeah. you care. And you can't get offended if that if he sets that boundary of like, hey, you know, thanks for the advice. I'm sure it doesn't mean he doesn't value your opinion whatsoever. It just means that he's doing whatever is truly best for him. And if he messes up, then that's on him to exactly. mess up and learn from or to grow from. Yep. So, yeah, getting your own hula hoop is what we'd say, <laughs> right, Amy? That's right. There you go. All right. Thank you for that email. Uh, we appreciate when you guys share. The, we, we will give you unbiased opinion because we don't know you. Nope. That's the best part about it. Morgan, if they want to email us, what do they do? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Mariah Carey. Mariah, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's an honor to talk to you. Love the new Christmas song. I mean, you are the queen of Christmas. I appreciate that, but I don't claim it. I don't claim it. You know, Christmas is Christmas. I just happen to enjoy it and like making Christmas music and other music. But yeah, we had a great time working on this new Christmas record. It's been so fun. So let's talk about Fall in Love at Christmas. It's you, it's Khalid and Kirk Franklin. How'd you get that group together? It's it's different than All I Want for Christmas is You, obviously. Um, and I can never really compete with that because that song just took on a life of its own. I wrote it a really long time ago and I'm just going to be like, wow, you know, it's it became a thing. But we started, and so, you know, we just had some different ideas. I've loved Khalid since American Teen, his first album, and I loved Location, and, you know, we met when, when he first started, and I was like, I really love your music, et cetera. And just the organic nature of, like, a green sleeves-inspired love song to this major moment that takes you to church. Whenever mm-hmm. you first cut All I Want for Christmas is You, did you know that song was that was that special that was going to be just, you know, lasting for, you know, 20 years at this point? No, because here's the thing. I, I had never done this was like in the beginning of my career. And I had only done like, I think, two albums, really. 
at that point and maybe like in the MTV Unplugged EP, but the label was like, why don't you do a Christmas album? I don't know if they were just like, we don't know how long this thing's gonna last, do a Christmas album. And I felt like it was too soon because growing up, it was always like people did that later on, you know what I mean? And then I said, I love Christmas a lot. So I might as well try. So I just wrote All I Want for Christmas is You and then uh, finished up, you know, the writing of it with my then collaborator, Walter A. And uh, recorded it and wanted it to feel like a timeless classic, wanted it not to feel like, oh, this is from the 90s or this is from the whatever era. You know what I mean? And so over the years, it just kind of took on a life of its own. And now it really is festive. I saw a video yesterday of like a bunch of bunch of kids in a club like jumping up and down dancing screaming all i want for christmas is you <laughs> like you see them dancing to it and then all of a sudden they mute the music the dj mutes the music and they're like screaming all i want for christmas is you and it is i get goosebumps thinking of it because i never knew i was just like this is what i like you know what i mean this is what i want to do for christmas i always wanted to have that perfect christmas and i wrote about it in my in my memoir the meaning of mariah carey last year like i had i had kind of tough upbringing so we never had a lot of things that most kids have and I really wanted that perfect Christmas it was like in my mind I just always wanted it and it always got ruined so now you know I, I kind of feel great that people get to my song is a part of other people's Christmases and it helps me have a festive moment with my family and friends as well you, you bring up your book your book has now gone to paperback and people can can get the book what was the hardest part for you uh, personally about sharing your story well, I worked on the book for like three, I would say basically almost three years. But previously I had wanted to tell the story, like it's mostly about my childhood. And when I went, I wrote, I wrote the book with my friend and collaborator, Michaela, and she and I, you know, really talked about, she said, what do you really want to achieve? Because I am a writer. I've always been a writer as a songwriter, but it's a different thing when you go to a book. She hadn't written a book yet either. So we were both just figuring it out. And I just said, I want to emancipate my my little girl self that nobody knew, that nobody understood, that was different, that was other, that didn't really have a category that people understood. So that was our goal. And now it's out on paperback. But the first, like the most exciting moment was when it became an instant number one New York Times bestselling book. So I'm now working on figuring out the adaptation for that and whether it's going to be a scripted series or a series of movies and um, talking to, I can't, I can't tell the whole thing up, but that's my next project. And I can't wait. We have Mariah carry on with us and it's Macy's wishlist Wednesday. So as we talk about the holidays it, in your holiday plans, I'm just assuming that you have this pressure to be like the greatest holiday person of all time because you are Mariah Carey. <laughs> I think I put the pressure on myself, honestly. Like, we have a set plan. When I say we, I really mean me because I, I start figuring this out like months before. But then if one thing goes wrong, I get, I, I don't know. It's not if one thing goes wrong. I just want it to be this like idyllic sort of thing that is almost impossible to achieve, but we get pretty close. And, you know, we do stuff that most people, maybe they hear about in the song, but we do go on a two horse open sleigh ride through <laughs> the snow woods. And, um, you know, I have this new, uh, this 
Christmas inspired. It's for all year round, but you know, I, it was inspired by the holidays. Um, and it's called Black Irish, and it's a liquor that's coming out this year. But it's like it's an Irish cream, and but it, we have like three different flavors. And so, you know, I was working on it last year, and it was so much fun to be by the fire. And I have this my favorite flavor. I'm not allowed to pick one, but I'll pick one anyway. You won't tell anybody. Salted caramel is the best one. It's out in stores now, but we're gonna, you know, during Christmas, we'll be enjoying that. And um, I, no, I just like we have the best time, and it's like. You can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends and create the most beautiful moments that you can. And that's what I try to do. But it is pressure. But again, I think I put that pressure on myself. And now, hate to say it, but my kids kind of put that pressure on me as well. With it being Macy's Wishlist Wednesday, there are so many options that Macy's, they have you covered from outfits to kitchen supplies to decor. Do you have an air fryer? Because I'm recommending people to get an air fryer. Do you use an air fryer? I wish I could say I do. No, I don't. I mean, I I, I have asked people to use an air fryer, but I don't. <laughs> I, I cook on Christmas, especially every year I cook. But it's not the type of food that you can really make in an air fryer, so no. But long live the air fryer. Yay, air fryers. The air fryer, matching pajamas. There are all these options. And check out Macy's.com slash wish list for all your gifting needs. Once you make a wish, go to Macy's.com slash believe to write a letter to Santa because for every letter submitted to Santa online, Macy's donates a dollar to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which helps to grant wishes to kids who are fighting critical illnesses. Mariah, we appreciate your time. I just have to say, I, just have to say, I love the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And for a lo- I'm just throwing this in there because you're talking about it. It's a really great organization. And they actually gave me an award um, a couple years back for just my work with the with the organization and I'm not giving anything away, but I think we're doing something special with them this year as well. So Mariah, thank you for your time. We're big fans and congratulations on, on everything from the paperback to, you know, the, the, the all in love at Christmas out this year, Khalid and Kirk Franklin. Hope you guys like it. Thanks for having me. All right, Mariah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 second skinny. Casey Musgraves released a cover of Coldplay's song, Fix You. Life will guide you home and ignite your bones. And I will try to fix you. Alan Jackson shared a new song called Racing the Dark. If she really stops, will the healing start? Chasing I-95 and racing the dark. Ryan Hurd just landed his first number one hit as an artist with Chasing After You, his duet with his wife, Marin Morris. He talks about the success of the song. It's been a really like special ride that we've been on, and I know it doesn't last forever, and it, it changes over time, and I'm getting to have this moment right now. I'm very thankful for it, and I know she's a huge part of it, too. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. So this woman, Pamela, loved German Shepherds, and she loved them so much, her daughter took her to a canine demonstration with German Shepherds for the police force in town near Daytona Beach. Well, Pamela was 90 years old. She passed away about a year ago, but she left $32,000 to that Daytona Beach Sheriff's Office so the dogs could all get 
uh, uh, bulletproof vests. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't even know they made bulletproof vests specifically yeah, I didn't for know dogs. That oh, yeah, they do. And they don't, but um, departments don't necessarily always have the funds for that. So the fact that. I would think that, that would be like third dairy. Yeah, you know? it's like last on the list. So, so cool that she thought of them in her final wishes. Her daughter took her to watch German Shepherds, and that's where she fell in love uh-huh. with these canines. And that's so awesome. she sent them. I'm looking at them here. They're only like 90 bucks. Yeah, but still, if you're tight for cash, it's like, well. No, I'm saying they're only 90 bucks. It's, I, I thought they would be like a thousand bucks each. Oh. Like, people could actually help if they wanted to get bulletproof vests or put one on their dog. Mm. I put Stanley in one. <laughs> Just in case he gets on yeah, <laughs> Not necessary. But she left $32,000 for bulletproof vest and training. Thought that was a pretty cool story. So shout out to you, Pamela Mobs. Rest in peace. You were awesome. That was Tell Me Something Good. What's happening, everybody? We're going to do this segment one other time, and then we're going to retire it for the year. Okay, Man, this, I this love is, it. I know. I love this segment, too. <laughs> We've done it every day this week. So we're all bringing back a song from the dead that's awesome. The only rules are it has to be country music from 1990 until today, and kind of a forgotten song, okay? So that being said, we're going to do it one more time, and then we're not doing it until January. Everybody good? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Hey, does Morgan have a song? Yeah. Because I think that extra player helps us in the voting. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've all brought a song. You're not going to know whose song is whose. And we will vote at the end. You can't vote on your own song. Mike, list off the songs here that we brought back from the dead. Number one. First up, Brooks and Dunn, Red Dirt Road. Oh, jam. Yeah. my soul down that red dirt road. It's where I drank my first beer. Not their biggest song. And I think one that often gets overlooked, but a great one. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As far as Brooks and Dunn goes? Yes. It's not Boot Scootin' Boogie. It's not Neon Moon. It's not My Maria. It's not that class. But still, right there, a it's great good. song. All right, number two. Good Morning Beautiful, Steve Holy. Good morning, beautiful. How <laughs> was your night? Huh. This is good. <laughs> uh, interesting. I think we know this one. <laughs> I think we just found <laughs> out. Amy, Amy sells herself out. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, beautiful. It's good. I hadn't heard it in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> You're a terrible actor. You're a terrible actor. Okay. All right. Next one. Joe Diffie, Third Rock from the Sun. Ooh. That's a good one, too. Sister tells her boyfriend, be back in a while. Boyfriend wants a beer. The store is just a mile. He leaves a motor running. That, He'll only be I, I learned every lyric to the song when I was like 12. And I thought I was so cool because it starts going really fast. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good one. Joe Diffie, Third Rock from the Sun. Next. Nobody wins. Radney Foster. Well, we'll light that same old again and again. I don't think our listeners will know this song. Nobody wins. We both. Oh yeah. Next That's one. Good. She don't know she's beautiful. Sammy Kershaw. Oh, big one. She don't know she's beautiful. She don't know I mean, we played that one a lot at the dance party. Mm-hmm. I don't know that's totally forgotten, but. Okay, there are your songs. Is that all of them? That's all of them. Okay, you can vote, but you can't vote for your own song. Okay? Song number one. Red Dirt Road, Brooks and Dunn. Red Dirt Road, Brooks and Dunn. Me? Anybody vote? One? Morgan. Morgan, one vote? Yeah, I love that song. Okay. The next one? Good Morning Beautiful, Steve Holy. (laughs) Good morning, beautiful. I. <laughs> you voted for it? Really? Yes, because it's not mine. Oh, it's not Amy's. <laughs> okay, next up. Joe Diffie, Third Rock from the Sun. Sister tells her boyfriend, be back in a while, boyfriend. Any votes? I'll vote for this one. Okay. Yeah, I'll vote for this one. 
All right, next up. Radney Foster, Nobody Wins. Well, we'll light that same old fuse in and again. Anybody voting for this one? All right, one song left. <laughs> that hurts. When you submit a song oh, and nobody songs. votes for it. <laughs> and She Don't Know She's Beautiful, Sammy Kershaw. She don't know she's beautiful. Any votes? You know who I love? Sammy Kershaw I'll and vote. this song. All right, you two are both voting oh, for Sammy yeah. Kershaw. Okay, I believe the two votes is the win. That's two votes. That's me! Hey, yes! Amy! I would I argue, I would argue not forgotten. Okay. <laughs> and he may, right, Amy? But still, 90s. That, okay, fine. I but, guess if it's hey, in a dance a, party, but whatever. A win's a win. Yeah, a win is a win. A win is a win. Don't we thought, sour my win. I, I'm sorry. We thought Yellow you card. did. We, we thought you did... Uh, Good morning. Who did Good Morning yeah. Beautiful? That Who is me. that? Stand up. That. Morgan? Okay. Yeah, but the, the, the other one that y'all, nobody knew but me, I, I that's what I wanted to change my vote to. Who did Radney Foster? Me. That stung, dude. <laughs> nobody knows that song. I do. I like it. Who did Joe Diffie? I did. Okay. Uh, who did... Red Dirt Road. Red Dirt Road. You? Yeah, that's yes. Oh. <laughs> you were pitching hard for that song. And but I was doing it because it wasn't me. Yes, right. that was good acting. I and believed then, you. What's the other one? That was all of them. Oh, that's all of them? Yep. Okay. Okay. Amy is our winner today. According to a study by a wedding planning website, the average couple dates for over three years before making it official. Anybody date three years or more? Yeah, me. You were with your wife for how I mean, long? We, that was almost seven years. I mean, it was six years. Dang, you were Ray. We give Ray a lot of crap <laughs> because he didn't get engaged until six, seven years. But that was you. But yeah. Eddie would have gone longer. She gave an ultimatum. That's correct. But didn't Ray and Bay have yeah, an ultimatum too? Pretty much. Maybe we're living parallel lives. And Ew. she told you what? She just said, "Hey, we've been dating for six years now. Uh, basically, if you don't, if we don't get married soon, I'm gonna go leave and start my life." And in your mind, Eddie, you went what? I was like, "What? I didn't even think about this. Like marriage? Uh, okay, no, no, no. I don't want to lose you, so let's get married." How long did you have to think about it, though? Quickly. I mean, it was like within a couple of weeks. I was just like, what am I doing? Like, a couple of weeks. But in yes. all the six years, the marriage never crossed your mind? Not once. I was like, this is great. This is fun. We live in Austin. We're ma- we're dating and having a good time. Because why buy the cow? Is what you're thinking. <laughs> I you mean, get the milk for free? not exactly. I just didn't really think that we needed to get married. Most people list money, career, and uncertainty as the main reasons they don't get married right away. Uh, let's go around the room here. How long were you dating your person before you got married? Um, I, Kayla and I were probably eight months. Around eight months or so. That's quick. But we were pandemic. So Before you got married or engaged? Married. No, maybe. You were together longer than eight yeah, months. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. All the dates, you guys are right. All the dates of like engaged, married, yeah, anniversary. Yeah, because she moved here in like April, May, and uh-huh. then you got engaged in November, and then you got married the following summer. Oh, so. well, heck, we're over a year then. We're normal. <laughs> yeah. I always thought we were quick. <laughs> so before we got, okay, before we got married, it was about a year and two months. Which is okay. We were also, again, we were together because of COVID for like four of those months, not leaving the house. So I feel like that moved Ex- our relationship right along. Totally. Like total yeah. acceleration. Yeah. Expedited it yeah. for sure. Amy, you and your husband? Uh, six months. <laughs> Before <laughs> from, you got married? From dating to marriage, yeah. How long until you got engaged? Mm, uh, uh, four months. And then we planned the wedding in eight weeks. Well, so that was the two months? Everyone thought Amy was pregnant. 
Yeah. Because it happens so fast. But I mean, fun, it sounds like. Fun fact, we hadn't even done it. <laughs> hey, fun fact. <laughs> fun fact Wednesday. Hey. <laughs> I know. It was very, everyone, all his friends thought I was pregnant too. They were like, who is this girl? His Air Force buddies were flying in. They're like, Ben's getting married. We think he's she's pregnant. But like everybody thought it. We were like, no, we're not. Really, we did not plan on getting married that quickly. But because of his deployment schedule, it just made sense. I was planning for the wedding to be the following year. And then a bunch of different things happened and he had to go to Afghanistan. And we were like, well, let's just get married before you go. So that's what happened. I remember pulling Amy aside and going, hey, listen, not my business, but it kind of is. <laughs> uh, you pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> but I got engaged like, again, eight to nine months. Not married, but engaged after mm-hmm. we started dating. And my yeah. friend Courtney texted me. I was like, yo, she pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> like straight up text. Yeah. And I remember because he has a, like an Android and it was green. And he was like, yo, she pregnant in green. And I was like, no, she's not pregnant. And then you're like, who has an Android? Like, uh, Lunchbox, you and your wife? Uh, we, before we got married, about three and a half years, I guess, before we got married, I guess three years before we got engaged. And fun fact, she spent the night in my hotel room the night I met her. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact Wednesday. Hey. What? Uh, so most people are about three years. So Lunchbox is kind of the norm. Mm-hmm. I'm the next closest, but then Amy and Eddie are on the polar side. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, the mind's crazy. Don't do that. Any more fun facts from you guys? No, Eddie, that's, about it. It? that's okay. about it. All right. Here's a voicemail we got last night. Hi, I just wanted to call in and say I made my son get a tardy today because we were listening to Easy Trivia. Thought that would be funny to share. I'm not a big fan of being late, but that I will allow. So thank you for sharing that with us. Amy, you mentioned a few days ago your daughter got in trouble for being tardy. How's that going? Yeah, she had nine tardies, and that equaled detention. So I think after spending maybe an hour or two having to sit there and talk to nobody, she will never be late again. (laughs) Let's play a voicemail also from last night. Here's another one. Hey, Bobby. Good morning, studio. Um, I just wanted to let you know, thank you so much for putting a smile on my face. My grandpa passed away last Friday, and y'all got me through the day to get me ready to go teach, and it really helped put a smile on my face. So thank you for being you. Keep on being awesome. Ah, thank you very much. Sorry to hear about your, your grandparent there. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So Instagram is rolling out something for select users right now, and it looks like it might come to the general public soon, but it's called Take a Break, and it lets you opt in to receive prompts from Instagram to tell you to take a break. I already have that. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's called Caitlin. Oh. It's my wife. <laughs> yeah. Hey, she said, take a break. Get off Instagram. Yes, so I don't need that from them. I'm good. I'm all, I'm good. Yeah, so this is all an effort to, you know, combat some of the negative news they've had lately and obviously the harmful effects on your mental health if you're on social media for way too long. Also, you know, YouTube took off the thumbs down button. So, right, because they're trying to do the same thing. Limit the negativity. Limit the trolling. The weird thing is they removed the thumbs down button, but you can still push the thumbs down button and only the user can see it. So it's still there, but people can't see how many thumbs down it gets. Oh, so you're not publicly shamed. You just feel yes, the thumbs privately down yourself. Shamed. Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> They're just bullying you to only you now. It is, listen, and people have made that joke, but it is a small step in the right direction because I think a lot of people probably won't hit that thumbs down if they know people won't see it. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Totally. So it will limit it a bit, but good. Good that social media... Although they're not hopping, you know, butt first into the ocean, they are stepping 
a toe into the pool of trying to make the internet a better place to live. All right, what else? So Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, they're going to be in the Yellowstone prequel, 1883, and they've been talking about it. And Faith said that wearing a corset during all the filming, it looks amazing, but it's totally terrible. And she thinks she might have a few floating ribs around in her body because it's squeezing her so tight. And then Tim said seeing Faith riding horseback firing guns and having dirt all over her face. He just sits there in awe watching her work. I have a couple things to say. First, I think guys are kind of jobbed on not being able to wear corsets. You know, you guys have spanks, you have corsets. All this stuff makes you look good. We're over here all fat and round. No, I, I just said that Faith has some maybe possible broken ribs from her corset. I don't hey, but I like bet it. she looks good. Hey, back in the 1800s, <laughs> they were tying that stuff up. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, we don't even really have spanks. And if a guy wears spanks, we're all judged. That's the first thing I'd like to say. The second thing I'd like to say is I misspoke last week and said I didn't know Faith Hill was an actress. Well, I didn't, so I wasn't wrong. But apparently she was in, what was the show about the wives where they were all perfect? Oh. The Stepford Wives. Yeah, she was in that movie, The Stepford Wives. And about 10,000 listeners let me know how wrong I was. I never saw that movie, and I guess I don't really consider her an actress, so I was pumped to see that she had a major role in the show. But I do, I will say, I was wrong. I did not know Faith Hill was an actress. Did you guys? Yeah, no, no I think we would have spoken up, so we're right there with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, what else um, you got? 1883 is premiering on Paramount Plus December 19th, in case you're wondering the exact date. And then, Bobby, have you ever said or found yourself saying recently something like, oh, it's, it's 8.30 at night, it's probably too late to start a movie? Oh, yeah. Too late to start a movie. Too late to eat dinner. Too late. Yes. Constantly, it's it's too late or too early. What about referring to people in their early 20s as kids? Yeah, what's your point with all this, by the way? My point is... You feel old on purpose? Yeah, if we're saying <laughs> these things, then yes, we have officially crossed over to the old side. Okay, give me some more. Um, why is the music so loud in here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. You're at Home Depot and say something like... Oh, yeah, that's quality lumber. No, I don't go to Home Depot, so I'm going to check out of that one. That sounds like an Eddie thing, though. I've probably said that a couple times. <laughs> what about, oh, babe, check out these new balances. <laughs> I just bought, hey, let me, that's, that's unfair. I just bought a pair of new balance, but new balance are now extremely trendy. So even from that article, they're not accurate. Yeah, I so, agree. I think that maybe they these old people that wrote this haven't caught on to the fact that new balances are now back in. Yeah. And what about, ooh, that's a nice box. I think I'll keep it. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I do that all the time. And then lastly, no thanks. I can't have caffeine this late in the day. I'll never fall asleep. <laughs> yes, I definitely do that one too. <laughs> all right, I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. This seven-year-old little girl is Adora. She was at the lake with her family, and she was like, hey, what is that? I see something shiny in the water. So they go over to get it, and turns out it was a class ring from 1982, McCluskey High School, and it belonged to this guy, Carrie. Apparently played basketball. That was evident through the ring. Anyway, Isadora's mom put it up on Facebook, had pictures, made the rounds, and they were able to find the owners of this ring. Unfortunately, Carrie had passed away. That's who it belonged to. Oh. But his wife, still alive. So how cool for her, Cheryl, shout out, to get her late husband's ring that he lost at a lake trip 
you know, all those years ago, like basically when he was leaving high school. So she thought that this was a sign that her husband is still looking down on her. Mm. You're still looking for your ring. Yeah, my uh, 2003 Texas A&M Aggie ring. And what's the reward? Just giving the... Well, I, I don't know that I put a number out there, have I thought you said 10 Gs. Did I? I thought you said 50 Gs. Oh, okay. was it 50? Well, was it 100? the ring isn't even worth that. 500 bucks if someone gets you the ring? Uh, that's probably what it's worth, but... But it, you... Sure. And the memory of having it, it was my... I chugged it. It was my... I dunked it. They call it... That's what you do at A&M. You dunk your ring. So, yes. $500. If somebody finds my... Little gold Aggie ring has a tiny diamond in the front. My name is on the inside. A Amy E. Moffat, 2003. Boom. And so Lunchbox pulls it out of his pocket now. He's just waiting for the moment. It was lost, likely disappeared in Southern Pines, North Carolina, when my husband was stationed at Fort Bragg. Where do you think it is? Don't know. It's the yard a, could be somewhere in the, that first house we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, we that house was robbed. The, they oh, that's stolen it. it. That's oh, yeah. it. They but I mean, I just don't know. But my they stole my husband's Air Force ring when they robbed it, and my husband just ended up ordering a new one. But I haven't done that because I want to be a tell me something good story where someone finds my ring. <laughs> Thirty years, five hundred dollar reward. Yeah. Amy. You know what? I'll add five bucks to it. Oh, wow. $505 reward. Oh, yeah, 505 <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, it's a great story about that ring being found and given back to his wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. It's the biggest Sonic cup I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it's on my desk right now. It's a Route 444. Route 444. We're doing a deal with Sonic today because they are our new studio sponsor for next year and what's going to happen is if you download the Sonic app and you put in the code BOBBY444 you get a free Route 44 drink with any purchase so get the app you can order your food before you get there I do it all the time and put in the code BOBBY444 and whatever you get hamburger with that code you'll get a free Route 44 drink so also you just should see the picture of this thing (laughs) It's it's, it's amazing it's the biggest most awesome Sonic cup I've ever seen so the first 444 listeners will get that and I, yes, I know I'm saying the number four a lot, but on the app today, use it. If you get something at Sonic, use the code Bobby444, and you'll get a free Route 44 drink. Okay, there we go. Let's go over to Amy now with the Morning Corny. The Morning Corny. What did the turkey say to the turkey hunter on Thanksgiving Day? What did the turkey say to the turkey hunter on Thanksgiving Day? Quack. Quack. Okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> that was the morning corny. My lunchbox went to the grocery store to talk to the meat people about the turkey shortage that we keep hearing about in the news. Will there be enough for Thanksgiving? Do we need to buy now? Lunchbox wanted to go and basically do a public service announcement, right, Lunchbox? That's right. I wanted to find out for the people. Do you need to shop now or can you wait? Okay, let's see what the meat people had to say. Can we say the store that you're at, Lunchbox? Yeah, you can say the store. That's fine. Okay, here is Lunchbox at Kroger. How's it going, man? I got a question for you. Uh, Mr. Meat, um, it, I've been hearing that there's going to be shortages on turkeys. So right now, we have plenty of turkeys. We even got plenty of butterball turkeys in the back So uh, our store is good. We didn't think we were going to get as much turkeys as we have now. Okay, so maybe the news is overhyping this. Yeah, well, well, they probably didn't think. It, it's probably certain companies, too. Okay, bam. Okay, so everybody calm down. We don't need to buy turkeys right <laughs> yeah. now. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, Mr. Meat. <laughs> What are you calling him, Mr. Meat? <laughs> Mr. Meat. He's the head of the meat department, so he's Mr. Meat. I don't have it know his name. So plenty of turkeys, even some butterballs. Yeah, butterballs are plenty. No need to rush out and get turkeys, according to that guy. 
All right, Kroger has plenty of turkeys. Here is Lunchbox at Publix. Do I need to be worried about the turkey shortage? Do I need to buy it now? You got plenty? Uh, yes, I would go ahead and buy it now. Now, so let's say, since there is going to be a turkey shortage, if I buy all the turkeys and you do have a shortage, what's the odds you'll buy them back from me for double? <laughs> yeah, we won't do that. Oh, so I shouldn't, like, stock up on, like, 50 of them and then try to come back and sell them? No. I wouldn't make any money, would Got it. Master of the meat. Thank you. And he's master of the meat. Yeah, master of the meat. He looked more uh, qualified than the other guy. He was just Mr. Meat. This guy looked like he was a master, and he said, get the turkey now. So you went to two stores. What is your opinion? My opinion is that if you want a fresh turkey, they said get it now, but I don't know how a fresh turkey is going to last that long. Eddie, did you use my freezer for your turkey? Not yet. I mean, I wanted to wait till this bit. Now that I heard the bit, man, I'm going to go right, like, as soon as we're done with the show today and get my turkeys. Yeah, I feel like if one store's out, the other's just days away from being, I'm causing panic right now. I'm doing the exact opposite of what I don't want people to do. But if one turkey's out, if one store's out of turkeys, you feel like the Kroger's going to get hit up next, right? Yeah, they're right across the street from each other. So, I mean, you're going to go to Publix and they're going to be like, oh, we're out. You're going to go across the street and then it's going to be like, "Uh uh-oh. Amy, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? Are you cooking a turkey? Well, I have no idea. I can't really decide, but I'm open to whatever. I've talked to everybody coming over and they're flexible. They're fine with chicken. They're fine with vegetables. They're fine with rice. Like I told him, I don't know what's going to be served, but everybody coming doesn't care. Okay, we heard, we have the data here of Lunchbox on the Streets. If one means that turkeys will be fine, there'll be plenty, and 10 means there are no turkeys left. 10 means absolute mayhem in the turkey streets. Where do you put this? Lunchbox. Eight. Oh. Master of the meat seemed like he was dead serious, and he seemed like he had a lot of experience, and he was like, man, listen, you better get it now. And he looked at me dead in the eyes. Eddie? Bones, I don't want to cause panic, but I'm going to go 10, and I'm going to go get my turkeys <gasps> today, I'm telling you. What the? Amy? I No, I don't I don't even know how to cook a turkey. <laughs> like, and I have none of my family coming to help. I have guests coming to my house. Amy wants there to be a shortage, <laughs> so she can't cook the turkey. You can just say there's a shortage. Exactly. That's why I've already asked all my guests if they really have to have a turkey. That's why she's been fighting it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd put it at about a four. I don't think you need to run out right now and get a turkey, but I would keep an eye open. All right, Lunchbox, thank you. A lot of callers ask me about job interviews. What can they do to get ahead? I've been on both sides. I've done a lot of job interviews that I haven't gotten. A few I have. I interview people constantly. So we talk about it a lot, and Amy has pulled a story, and it says what? Billionaire CEOs have revealed their top five interview questions. Okay, I don't know these questions. You want to ask them to me? Well, here's the deal. Billionaires, they typically try to keep interviews under 20 minutes and in a relaxed, non-stressful setting. So that's what I want to create here. Okay. Well, I do want to keep it under 20 minutes. Dear God, please. (laughs) But also, let me say this. Usually within the first three minutes, I know. I know if this is going to go great or if it's just a disaster. If you're interviewing or... If I'm interviewing... If someone's in front of me, I can honestly, I can tell in the first 90 seconds. Wow. Because it's it's their their vibe when they walk in the room. If they're smiling, if they're sh- if they're sitting up straight, if I feel like they've got a positive attitude, <laughs> just through body language. And then all the answers will fall into place, but I can always tell if it's a no-go within the first 90 seconds. That's wow. what I should say. Yeah. So then someone has to sit there and you already know in your head. Oh, like- the worst is when I'm doing an interview and I'm like, I know I'm not, I'm not hiring yeah. them, so I'm, but I'm just going to humor this interview and ask a few more questions. Okay, let's go. Give me one. I wonder if, I mean, not that you ever formally really interviewed any of us, or I don't know, maybe you did. But, like, I wonder if we came in for an interview today, if we would still get our jobs. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good game to play. Not. <laughs> I didn't interview anyone. Right. Hold on. At the beginning. Except for kind of Scuba Steve. 
when it was, I need to go see what this guy's up to, but he has this huge beard, and I was like, I don't know about this guy. And then I met him, and he disarms you in the first 30 seconds. So it's one of those you know real quick. I saw Scuba Steve and thought, no way. This bald dude with a huge beard who looks like Jim the Anvil <laughs> Neidhart, there is no chance I'm hiring him. But I'm telling you, 30 seconds into it, I was like, he's the nicest guy. And it was absolutely. But the rest of us, we've all been together or friends for 15 years. So we never did interviews. I was like, hey, will you work here? I don't have any money. Please work here. <laughs> right. Which leads to my curiosity of like, yeah. if we were to walk into a room and interview with you today, would we get the job? You, yes. Lunchbox and Eddie, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. Okay, give me, okay. Some, give me some questions. Do you have a mentor in this specific line of work? Are you asking me that question? I am. Uh, no, I don't have a mentor. I've always done things so differently and wrong that there was nobody I could ask for advice. Um, I have people I look up to, like David Letterman, but I don't really have anybody in this industry that I've ever looked up to to say, hey, please help me. I wish I was better at finding one of those. I'm, I mentor people now, though, if that helps. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> Amy? Well, <laughs> well I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but I don't, nobody in radio ever helped me. Well, yeah, but I mean, you were so young. There's not anybody that you were, like, especially starting a morning show at, in your early 20s? Like, what? Nobody helped me. Because, one, I was young in such a small town that the big guys don't want anything to do with me. And then I didn't want to ask people that were just doing okay mm-hmm. because I wanted to be the greatest. I want to be the greatest of all time. Mm. And so, no, I had no mentor. There were people I looked up to, like Tommy Smith on Little Rock. He was doing Magic 105. And I always listened to him. And then I met him. And he was like, hey, give me some coffee, kid. And I was like, what, what the? <laughs> So, yeah, that kind of shut that down. Okay, well, this might fall on the same line, but life influences, like, who are those people? My high school football coach, Victor Gandalf, because he kind of instilled the first discipline into me from seventh grade on. I didn't have any discipline. I just had no sort of structure in my life. You know, I grew up, I didn't have a dad, and my mom was in and out, and, you know, she struggled with abuse, drug abuse. So I had no discipline, but my head football coach was the first person to ever show me how hard work pays off. Because I wasn't the best athlete, but I was a pretty good player. And I learned the difference there. And I would also say my youth director at church, his name was Robert Parker. Um, they wanted to make sure we always got to church and had a meal to eat on Sunday. So like eight or nine of us would stay at their house and we'd sleep on the floor and watch movies. But it was such a positive influence to me because it gave me, again, structure, which is obviously something I lacked. And then my best friend's dad named Jerry McGrew, first person to ever take me on a vacation. So I would say that those three were like male influences to me because I didn't have a dad. But I would say those fellers. Let's fast forward to this last year. All right. What's something that you learned? Oh, man, with, with COVID hitting, I think I learned that you can pretty much do anything anywhere at any time. Like any sort of uh, restrictions, limitations that have been put on us, I've learned that, you know, through necessity, we can actually figure things out. And we have. So... With even the biggest setback, I actually learned I could do more than I ever thought I could. That's what I would say. Mm. How am I doing? I, didn't I mean, this. fantastic. Would you guys hire me? Yeah. I didn't know these questions. All right, give me Jeez. another one. What advice would you give your younger self, Bobby? That once you figure it out and you're able to actually go, I don't have to worry about just paying a light bill or eating. Like you're going to figure it out so well that you're going to be able to pay others back. And not only pay them back, but pay it forward. So... You're going to not only figure it out for you, but hopefully you're going to figure it out for others. So just keep pushing. You will never be the most talented. You will never be the best based on your skill set, but you will become the best based on your work ethic and your attitude. 
So that's what I would tell that, that kid. And then what are the most important lessons you've learned? In life? Yeah. That if you put in the time, you're going to make the dime. But you got to put in the time <laughs> not worried about the dime. You have to put in the time as something you love because the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're investing in something you love and your life is fulfilled. That's the worst thing that's going to happen when you work hard at something you love. The best thing that's going to happen is you work hard, you get better at it, you love it, it continues to elevate you and your career or you and your family because if you're investing in your family, it's the same thing. So that's what, that, whatever the question you asked me there, that's my answer. Sometimes I get off the question and I just keep going. All right, did I get the job, billionaire? Uh Actually, I am going to re- think about this, and oh. I'll get back to you. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, hold on. Let me write yeah. a thank you note. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. Yeah, here's yeah. my thank you note. Thank you for taking the time to come. Hey, thank, you, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I'm being oh, taken out of the office. In <laughs> handcuffs. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> hey, what's happening here? Okay. Those are good questions, though. Why don't we post those questions on Facebook, just the questions? Because I think people reading those, that's a good deal for them to see. So when they walk into an interview, I think those are pretty generic great questions to have answers to. They can be prepared. Also, maybe if people are ha- in a position where they have to interview some people and they're like, mm. oh, what are some good questions to ask? Steal my answers, by the way, if you want to. Even steal the ones no. about, my, about my personal life. <laughs> no. Just say that back to people. Okay, I like great. the time dime one. That was really good. No. I just came up with that on the fly. <laughs> Man, that, that was, was awesome. full Johnny Cochran right there. <laughs> Someone's going to go in and be like, well, Coach Gandalf, and then the person can be like, you play football with Bobby Bones? <laughs> hey, love it. Okay, thank you, Amy. Thank you, everyone. It's Time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. Usually when you retire, you're like, finally, I can just sit on the couch the rest of my life and do nothing. But Nimble Will Nomad said, nah, I'm going to start hiking. And now he has set a world record as the oldest person at the age of 83 to finish the Appalachian Trail. Wow. What's his name? Nimble Will Nomad. <laughs> is that a nickname? That's his nickname. His real name is MJ Ebernhart. But yeah. he gets the nickname okay. Nimble Will Nomad That's because better. he's hiked all over the world. He has hiked from Florida Keys to northern Quebec. He's gone from Newfoundland, wherever that is, to Florida. He's gone from Chicago to California just walking. Wow. Yeah, and Eddie thinks he walked far. Okay. This dude's okay. a real walker. <laughs> and he said, yeah, West Virginia to Tennessee, that's nothing. He, Get on my he shouted out Eddie. Nimble Will said that. Nimble Will Nomad. Yeah, and he said, listen, at my age, it was tough. I took a couple spills. But it was worth it. Oh, no. He fell? Yeah, slippery rocks on that Appalachian Trail. 83 years old. 83 years old. That's awesome. And what a name. Nimble Will Nomad. I like that guy. What's a nickname? He should have been called The Nimble Will Nomad. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's probably right. It probably is. He just... No. (laughs) Sonny, known by the trail name Nimble Will Nomad. Yeah. Good for him. I'm looking at him. He looks like one of the guys from ZZ Top. Oh, he's got a big beard? Big beard, long hair. Nice. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's what it's all about right there. That was Tell Me Something Good. Hey, coming up on Friday's show, Adele will be on the show because on Friday she will release a version of her song Easy On Me with Chris Stapleton. I mean, Chris Stapleton's on everything. He's on Taylor Swift's new song. He's on Adele's song. But Adele will be on Friday's Bobby Bones show. Amy, you watched her special? Yeah, she had a special where she sat down with Oprah and then she did live performance for like a small audience and it went back and forth from the songs to the interview with Oprah and it was so good. Like if people haven't watched it, you totally should, but be prepared to possibly cry because I did. All right, let's do the news. Here we go. Bobby's Big Stories. That Reese's peanut butter pie has sold out. In case you missed it, they were selling a 3.4 pound peanut butter cup which basically is a huge peanut butter cup, and they're just calling it a pie because it's massive. The whole thing, almost 8,000 calories. They were selling it for 45 bucks, and all 3,000 of them sold out 
in minutes. Does this look good to you, Amy? Oh, yes. I mean, I'm bummed. I saw the article. I had no idea it was sold out because I was going to try to order one. Yeah. I don't like peanut butter, but for some reason, I can dabble in the Reese's peanut butter cups. I don't know why. Is that way less peanut butter tasting than normal peanut butter? Yes. And the peanut butter is mixed with, I, I don't know the exact ingredients, but some sort of powdered sugar possibly, and then the chocolate on the outside. So you're probably distracted by a lot of sugar. Which uh, is the story of my life. Yeah. I'm constantly <laughs> distracted by a lot of sugar. <laughs> Uh, there's a website called Rent a Hitman, which a guy had put up just kind of as a joke. Even with the headline, got a problem that needs resolving with over 18,000 U.S.-based field operatives, we can find a solution that's right for you. <laughs> it was a parody website. Well, this woman, Wendy Lynn Wine, found it because she was looking for a hitman to try to kill her ex-husband. So she enters all of her information in, boom, submits it. And the guy's like, what the crap? Somebody's really trying to hire a hitman. So he then calls the cops. The cops then go to her. And like, hey, uh, hitman here. You tried to hire us. Acts as a hitman, and they end up arresting the woman. So why would you go to a generic website? You, she must really be out of options. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah, or she's just not the sharpest tool in the shed. Well, anybody that wants to hire a hitman, man. Well, like, so- you're either really dumb or you have no, I mean, you have no other option in your mind. Yeah, you're desperate. Clearly, she was desperate, but also not smart about it. True. It is like... <laughs> Which is why I have LifeLock. In case I make a mistake, like rentahitman.com. You know, they'll protect me. But uh, it wasn't a real hitman site. And so now she will go to jail. She's pleaded guilty to two charges. One of solicitation of murder and the other for using a computer to commit a crime. Again, I just imagine this guy who put up this joke website actually getting this sent through. And he's like, wait, is this, is this for real? And then he has to reach back out to her. That's a crazy story. But by the way, we do not condone hiring a hitman for any reason. Our jokes about this segment is not us going yeah but also if you need to hire a hitman hire like somebody down and out in your neighborhood that you that you know is not a cop you know down and out in your neighborhood how do you <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have but to, like, don't know I'm not someone saying, who knows I'm, someone who knows someone who knows someone <laughs> i'm not saying do it but i'm saying it, you shouldn't do it but yeah. if you do you can't go blindly you know, into the light going, I'll take a hitman. Well, you know what I mean? And I'm always thinking about these people that get busted trying to hire a hitman. Like, what if you're the person that were, was trying to be killed? Like, you've got to be like, what the? <laughs> like, what? Someone's out there. It was about to, like, trying to kill me. And now, you know, like, you're just so thankful that it, they were not smart about it and it didn't happen. I have a feeling this guy knows she's capable of that. Oh, okay. Uh, finally, if it's Christmas time and your kids are asking for a video game, Eddie, I know this is happening in your life, right? Come on, yeah, of course. Microsoft is partnering with Gucci on a limited edition Xbox. There'll be a Gucci uh, engraved like console. There'll be Gucci stripes on the controllers. They're only making 100 of them. It will set you back $10,000. This is the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever oh seen. Gosh, oh, my gosh. But you gosh. know people are going to buy it. Yeah, it's available on the Gucci website today. So if you want to go buy, what's going to happen is they're going to get bought out really quick and then people are going to spend $20,000 on them in a secondary market just to flex they have it for an Instagram picture. And then three months later, it's just going to be sitting there and they're going to go, why the crap did I just spend this money on this dumb video game? Because there aren't cheat codes. It's not going to let you beat Mario Kart. (laughs) All right, that's what's up. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. Do you have your New Year's plans at all, Amy? No, not even close. Why do you? Well, I do, and that actually sets me up for this announcement. I will be hosting New Year's Eve Live on CBS. Thank you very much. Very excited about it. Thank you. So now we have plans. Thank you. Well, don't... I'm not forcing you to watch this if you actually have real-life plans. This is not like homework when it's like you have to go watch Titanic because you've never seen it. 
Oh no, I'm I'm we're gonna be at home in front of the TV watching you now. CBS presents New Year's Eve Live, Nashville's Big Bash, and so I'll be hosting it. It is a five-hour show. I'll be live for five hours starting at 7 p.m., and we'll go all the way until 12.30 p.m. We're going to do the East Coast Countdown live. We're going to do the Central Time Zone Countdown live, and it will be live from Central Time Zone, which doesn't happen. But super pumped because, you know, a lot of our friends will be performing. Brooks and Dunn, Luke Bryan, Miranda, Zach Brown Band, Kelsey Ballerini. I could keep going on and on, but for me, I'm just super pumped because CBS is like, hey, come host our New Year's Eve show. So you can watch it on Paramount Plus. Yeah, it'll be be cold. I just hope it's not like freaking cold Mm because there's a difference in cold and freaking cold. Yeah. I've been to downtown Nashville on New Year's Eve once, I think for like Keith Urban, and it was freaking cold. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time it's freaking cold. (laughs) And so I've got layers and layers, and I've got, it's I guess it's not called a trench coat. It's called like a, what's that? Like a pea coat? Yeah. They were asking me, do I want to wear a tuxedo or a pea coat? And I went with the pea coat look. Your thoughts, Amy? Oh, yeah. No, I like that vibe. That I mean, either would have worked. I feel like with the tuxedo, you could have worn like a long johns underneath or something to stay warm, but a pea coat works. But I feel like a tuxedo is not Nashville and not country music. Oh, you mean like that kind of vibe? Oh, yes, for sure. Pico is definitely the way to go for that. Okay, so New Year's Eve, I don't know what your plan is. If you have no plan or you're at home having a party and you have the show on, put on this show on CBS because I'll be hosting it. Uh, my co-host is from Entertainment Tonight. Her name is Rachel Smith. So it's going to be a big show. It's the first time they've done it from Nashville. So I'm extremely honored. They asked me to host it. And I will try to screw up less than 10 times on a live show that's five hours long on a network. Okay? Okay. So we, that's part of the fun, the game. Like we keep tally on if you mess up or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, part of the game is that it's five hours and it's live. I mean, that's, that's wild. So I think me doing this for five hours a morning live makes them go, okay, he can handle himself live and not, not worry about it, you know? Basically, I have a three-foot-tall Sonic cup on my desk. It's called a Route 444. You can't actually order it. but no. it, It's so big. But if you go to our social media, you can see it, at Bobby Bone Show. Uh, Sonic is now our official studio sponsor. Well, starting next year. But what they're doing today for you guys is if you use the Sonic app, and I would encourage you to download it because I use it almost daily, and you order something, a burger, a hot dog, uh, some onion rings, if you put in the code Bobby444, you will get a free Route 44 drink with purchase in the app. Now, only the first 444 people. There are a lot of fours in this story. <laughs> so if you use the promo code Bobby444 on the Sonic app today, and you get some food, you'll get a free Route 44 drink. Bobby444. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. This story comes to us from Pensacola, Florida. Well, we've all heard of road rage, but this is the first instance I've ever heard of boat rage. Guy's out on his boat in the water with friends. Another boat goes by and causes a wake and causes him to rock. So he takes his boat, floors it, and drills the boat. Oh, Oh, just runs into it. Just drills the other boat because they made a wake. It's always weird to me because you also hurt your boat. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not a healthy response. Like, if you were to do circles around that boat and make it flip and flop, I would get it. But to just drill the boat, (laughs) it's like running into someone with your car. Like, you're also going to have a car with a dent in it. But I guess that's what rage does to you. Yeah, 52-year-old man caused damage to both boats. They both are going to be totaled. All right, thank you. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. It's almost that time of year where I get into fights with people saying Home Alone is not a Christmas movie. Christmas is in the movie. 
But you could have taken all the Christmas stuff and put July 4th, and it's still a family going on vacation and forgetting their kid. It could have been July 4th. Now, this is not a popular opinion. It's basically me fighting everyone, and I understand that. But Mike D has a podcast called Movie Mike's Movie Podcast where he had the director. Yeah, Chris Columbus. I don't know what he's going to say here, but here is Chris Columbus because you ask him that question. Yes. Here we go. You reference your movie Home Alone. Now, to the people who do argue that that's not a Christmas movie, what do you say to those people? Definitely a Christmas movie. Without a doubt, it takes place over Chris, on Christmas Eve. It's a, it's a Christmas movie. No, I mean, Home Alone was designed to be a Christmas film, but a warm... I always hate when I see these Christmas films that are that where the, uh, either the decorations or the set design is, is uh, just cheesy and, and, and not warm. I'm not convinced. Oh, come on, it's the director. <laughs> How do we know that's really him? Proof that's that guy. And his name's Chris Columbus. Yeah, what's up with that? It's just his name. Why? Well, I, I know, but is that a fake name? No, it's his real name. Because I wow. hate people with fake names. <laughs> uh, okay, check out Mike's podcast, Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. With Is his name Christopher Columbus? Just Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, that's it for today's show. Thank you, guys. Hope you have an awesome Wednesday. We will see you tomorrow. Abby Anderson will be in to perform tomorrow. She is one of my favorite new artists. On Friday's show, it's a double. We've got Adele, and we've got Lainey Wilson and Cole Swindell. Boom. Who knows their show's coming up? You do. This guy. Yeah. All right, see you guys. Yeah. The Bobby Bones Show.